You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. Last week I was at the beach. And we, like I said, went fishing and fished a lot. I mean, I guess you can't call it fishing if you didn't catch anything. We just, casting, I guess we could just call it that. We did a lot of casting. And while I was casting, it was about Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, it kind of rained. Wednesday was probably our first sunny day. Uh, And we were all out there in the ocean. And we get done, and I walk back into the house, and all of a sudden, I, I notice my body hue turning to a, a, a soft pink, to a brighter pink as we go throughout the day. And I thought, well, I just got sunburned and probably sunburned really bad. If you watch the, the video last week, I told at the end of, at the end of service, uh, I, I said, you know, we'll see you all next week. God bless you. We love you. The normal thing. And I said, I'm going to come back, hopefully not too sunburned. Uh, I guess I spoke it into existence. Uh, and I got sunburned, and as I was thinking of a sermon throughout the week, I was obviously looking at my sunburn and dealing with my sunburned a lot, and so the title of this sermon today is Sunburned, but instead of S-U-N, we're going to go S-O-N. We're going to make it Jesus-centered today, sunburned. The CDC says Now, at this moment, I don't know if you believe the CDC or not, but we'll just stick in the parameters of sunburn. It says, the CDC website says that uh, you only need exposure to the sun for around 15 minutes to get a sunburn. Doesn't take long for that exposure to happen in your life. And being very, very pale-skinned, uh, and not blessed with much uh, melatonin, I guess, um, I burn pretty easily. I told Maddie that you've got to get a base burn in first, uh, so that way you can enjoy the rest of the summer. Uh, she, called it, she called it sun poisoning, but, you know, it's neither here nor there. And so it says in the CDC it recommends uh, for us uh, uh, fair-skinned folks Uh, to hide from the sun. That was one of the recommendations on the CDC. Hide from it. Um, I guess like Gollum and Lord of the Rings. Get in a a cave, stay far away from it, and uh, avoid it. Uh, It said to wear long clothes, uh, pants, and long sleeves. It says to wear a lot of uh, sunscreen, and and to cover yourself, and to protect yourself, and uh, to hide yourself, and so I'm always looking for uh, the SPF 1,000, uh, whatever the highest is. Uh, we had 30, uh, and that didn't do anything. Uh, I think it laughed at me uh, as I tried to apply that. And so today I want to speak to you today about being sunburned. How can we be burned by the sun? How can we, how can we have an encounter and experience with Jesus himself and the scripture that we're going to talk about today is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. This is Paul writing to the church of Corinth. It's his second letter. He says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. How can we be son Burnt. The first way that we can get an S-O-N, burn, is to position ourselves in front of the sun. 
to position ourselves in front of the sun. In 2 Corinthians it says, For it is God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness. We see at the very beginning of creation, when God is standing on the edge of eternity, and he says, light be, and light was. And how he positions and places the S-U-N, the sun, exactly where it needs to be. You can read through Genesis and see how the sun is placed. Throughout history, we've had all kind of thoughts and processes as humanity of what the sun is, what the sun isn't, where the sun is. Do we revolve around the sun? Does the sun revolve around us? Is it made of cheese just like the moon? Hot melty cheese? We have all these ideas of, well, is the sun one day going to burn out? We see sunspots. We see things as we study more. and There's concern throughout the world that one day the sun might burn out. But we see God positioning and placing that sun exactly where it needs to be. That we know if we were too far away... The earth would freeze. I'm cold-natured, so we don't want to be too far away. If the earth was a little bit closer, then it would burn up. That is placed and positioned exactly where it's supposed to be. And then as history goes on, we see that God perfectly positions and places the S-O-N in the perfect time in history that it needs to be. That God, through all kind of prophetic words and family lines and hierarchies, he starts putting this bloodline in so that he can send his son. Remember, Abraham is promised through his covenant with God to be the father of many nations. He doesn't have any children. He tries to figure it out his own way. He has a baby with his slave, his wife's slave, God still blesses him, but says that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's through your wife's womb where that baby will come, even at 100 years old. Thank you. If you come often, it happens at least once or twice every service. So hopefully we'll, yep, about the right time. There's no fire. We're good. Abraham has the son finally, the son that God has promised him. And what what does God tell Abraham to do? Now you need to sacrifice your son. Abraham wakes up in the morning and he goes to the mountain and he tells his servants, we will be back. And his son says, we've done sacrifices before. I might not be the smartest kid in the world, but I know that you need wood, fire, and a sacrifice, and he looks at his father, and he says, well, we have wood, and we have fire, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, God will provide. He says, okay, I can get behind that. And as he's saying God will provide, he lays out the wood, and he says, son, why don't you just lay down on here for a second while we wait for God to provide? He says, well, I don't know about this, dad. And he says, as he raises his hand with the knife, to kill his son because God told him to do that. God stops him and says, wait, now I know that you were willing to do this and there's a ram stuck in the thicket and you can 
And we know at that moment, because he's in covenant with God, a covenant is whatever you have, I have, whatever I give, you give. It's a one-to-one relationship. Everything that I have is yours, everything you have is mine. Now that Abraham has sacrificed his son, it gives God the opportunity to now sacrifice his son into the earth. And God starts working his power and his might and his will throughout the history of the earth. We see David show up. We see him showing up to Mary. Jesus is born and brought into this earth at the perfect exact time that he needs to be. And he fulfills all the prophetic words that were given in the Old Testament. The perfect position that he needed to be in. And then Jesus dies on the cross. And he dies in a way to take care of and get rid of and bring victory and cause complete chaos in the darkness and bring light to the world. And then we see people interacting with Jesus. How do we get sunburned? Is by putting ourselves in a position to interact with Jesus. We see this throughout the scriptures. We see this throughout the gospels. We see Zacchaeus. He hears that Jesus is coming. Zacchaeus being a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. And he climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And he positions himself in the perfect place to get a glimpse of the sun. And Jesus shows up and says, Zacchaeus, you come down because I'm going to your house today. And he is forever sunburned by Jesus. And he says, I'll give whatever I stole from people, I'll give it back. We see the woman with the issue of blood. She hears about a man who is healing people. And for 12 years, she has given every penny that she has to the doctors. She has gone seen man after man after man after doctor after doctor. And no one has been able to help her, heal her, diagnose her, save her, anything. But she hears about a man who is healing people and healing lepers and healing the dead. And she says, that man, I've got to get in, my, I've got to get in position to see that man And my life will be forever sunburned by him. Now as a woman with an issue of blood, she's not supposed to be in crowds of people. Much like now, she's probably supposed to be wearing a mask, socially distancing and staying away from people. But she says, I've got to get to Jesus. From town to town, from place to place, she sees the crowd and she sees Jesus in the middle. She starts pushing her way. She says, I'm not going to miss my moment. I'm going to position myself to see the sun. She touches the hem of his garment and is instantly healed. And Jesus recognizes that something has been taken out of him. The burn has been released and said, who touched me? The disciples said, what are you talking about? There's hundreds if not thousands of people that are touching me. He said, no, no, no. Something was released. And she says, it was me, Lord. She said, go and sin no more. Your faith has made you whole. We have lepers. We have the Gentile woman. We have the centurion soldier. 
made sure that they positioned themselves in a place to experience Jesus. But what about Jesus positioning himself in front of humanity? You see, Jesus shows up in front of the disciples as they're fishing, as they're doing whatever they're doing in their lives, and Jesus shows up on the scene and he says, follow me and I'll make you fisher of men. He positioned himself in front of these men and they could have said, no, I'm good. I'd rather catch fish. After failing at catching fish for the last three or four days, I would probably be a fisher of men way better than fisher of fish. Jesus positions himself in front of the disciples and gives them an opportunity to experience him. What about the Apostle Paul? As he's going to kill Christians, he is on the way, he's got the scroll in his hand, he's got chains, he's got soldiers with him, and he's on his way to arrest and kill Christians, and the sun shines and burns him. Burns him so good he can't even see. And he has an encounter with God. He positions himself in front of Paul, and he says, Paul, Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then all of a sudden, Saul says, Lord, is... Is that you? Wait a second. He positions himself in front of Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate thinks that he has the power to save him, that he's the one. And Jesus says, no, you're, you're not. I give my life freely. Look at this scripture in Malachi chapter 4, verse 2 prophetic word about Jesus coming, but to, you, but to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise, and with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like the stall-fed calves. The Son of Righteousness shall arise. He'll arise and he'll position himself in front of you, or you can find a way to position yourself in front of him, and there's healing in his wings. Whenever I was at Bible school in Dallas, Texas, Christ for the Nations, there was teachers there, 10, 15 teachers, and there's probably 500, 1,000, 1,200 students that are on campus for a semester. And everybody's interacting with these teachers, and, and every teacher, for the most part, has their own understanding of the Scriptures. They have their own kind of theological stance of, of what they believe. And uh, it's real fun to go to a class and hear a teacher preach on a, a passage of Scripture and what he believes. And then you go to the next class, and another teacher talks about the same passage and says something completely different or counter counter strikes what the other guy says and you're like well I don't know what I believe uh, and I'm in Bible school and we'll figure this out and so we have these teachers and, and uh, you've had my pastor Pastor Eric's been here uh, and he teaches at Christ for the Nations but it's his father Pastor John is who uh, I originally met and everybody said oh you've got to take his classes he's the best teacher and I remember sitting in his classes and listening to this man speak, and the thing that intrigued me the most was his ability to just quote the Bible without needing a Bible, 
with his ability to just pull scriptures out, and as soon as somebody would raise their hand and say, well, what about this, or I have a question about that, he would say, well, let's go to this book, let's go to this verse, read this passage, and while the student would be reading this passage, he would be quoting it back to them. Well, who is this man that knows the Bible so well, and his opinion always was scripture? Well, let's go see what the Bible says. And then he would ask the student, read the Bible. What does the Bible say? That's your answer. And I would sit there and I would listen to him as I took classes and I'd sit in the back of the class. And I was too scared to raise my hand and ask a question because I knew that he knew the answer and would embarrass me in front of everybody. So I let the other students on the front row look like idiots uh, and just listened. And I remember sitting in the back of the class early on and thinking, if I ever had the opportunity, I would love to sit at this man's house and just spend time talking with him, away from the noise of, of the school and, and, and these students and all this stuff. Is, there's something that's in him that, that I need from him. And I remember as I got toward the end of the, uh, my time at CFNI, me and Maddie uh, were dating at the time and knew that we wanted to get married, and we were talking about who, wanted, who we wanted to marry us. And we were trying to figure out, do you have anybody back home? Do I have anybody back home? And we both kind of came to the conclusion that if we wanted anybody to do our wedding, it would be Pastor John. And Maddie was like, well, go ask him. And I was like, I don't want to go ask him a question. So I set up a meeting with him. And after class, I went and sat down with him, and he said, what do you want to talk about? I thought, I don't know, I just want to, I don't know. Because I didn't get that far in my mind of, of having this conversation with him. And I talked with him, asked him to marry me and Maddie, and started this journey in this relationship. Our first year of marriage, we ended up going to Dallas from Louisiana um, to see... Pastor Eric's church and, and spend some time with him. And Pastor Eric asked me while we were there, he goes, wait, have you seen mom and dad yet? And I said, oh, no, we haven't seen them yet. He goes, oh, you need to stop by their house and, and talk with them. They'd love to see you. And I was like, uh, is he busy? He's probably like in heaven talking with God. Like he doesn't have time for me. And he said, yeah, yeah, here's his number. And he said, I already talked to him and they're, they're expecting you. And I was like, okay. And so I remember we were driving and we drove up to his house and I remember sitting in my truck thinking, two, three years later, that all of these students were begging for this man's attention and trying to get him and trying to trick him up and, and trying to get them to mentor him and, and, and put him in a position, you know, give me a ministry position, all these things. And now I'm sitting in front of his house and the thought came back to me of if I could ever sit in front of this man's, in this man's house and just sit and talk with him. We walk into the house and sat and talked with him and his wife for hours. Eventually, when we moved to Dallas, we moved in with him for like six months. And this man, who I highly admire, always reaches out to us, married me and my wife, and has opened his house to me. And, but it started with me putting myself in a position for him to open up everything to me. Much like Jesus, all you have to do is put yourself in the position to be near him. The perfect place to get sunburned is here at church. 
in your private time with God, when you're driving to work, in your prayer closet, when you're in the shower, when you're worshiping, when whatever you're doing is to put yourself somehow, some way, find a way to position yourself in front of Christ. Find a way to spend some one-on-one time because for me, in that interaction with Pastor John, I, I had nothing to offer. He's a successful pastor. He's pastored multiple churches. He's a teacher at a Bible school, happily married. All of his kids are in ministry. He's been pastoring. He's pastoring and uh, pastoring pastors of over 20, 30 churches, traveling, doing ministry. I had nothing to offer this man, and he just welcomed me in and loved on me and my wife, took care of us, blessed us. And it's such a true, beautiful picture of Jesus. I was just a lowly sinner. It says in the scriptures that I was far away from him. I was a foreigner. I was a stranger. And I put myself in a position to encounter him. And he just opened his arms and he loved me. And he welcomed you into his family. He didn't hide anything from you. He didn't withhold anything from you. He didn't say, wait a year until you read the whole Bible. Jesus just poured his love, his grace, his mercy. He doesn't withhold anything from you. Find a way to position yourself in front of Jesus this week. Because when you do, he will show up and bless you. And the last thing that I have is to quit hiding and covering yourself. To quit hiding and covering yourself. Remember in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve have just sinned. They've just realized that they're naked. Somehow, instantly, they know how to sew and put clothes together. They put fig leaves on them, and they go hide in the bushes. And it says God shows up in the cool of the day. God positions himself in front of them. And they recognize that God is there, and they kind of step out, and there they are having a moment with God himself, but they're still hiding and covering themselves. God says, what, what are you doing? What's, what's going on? This, is, this has never happened before in our conversations. You didn't even know what naked was. They said, well, we were naked and, and we were ashamed. And God says, those words that you speak of, I never told you those words. Who told you that you were naked? That there he is and there they are in front of God, but somehow they're still trying to cover and not expose them true selves so that God can heal them and restore them and take care of them. Look at the story of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, going to verse 12, going down to verse 17 Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 12. Now when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. Verse 13. In leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and that, that town as well, Williston. Verse 14. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Now what he's about to say is based out of Isaiah chapter 9 verses 1 and 2. The land of Zebulun and the land of Williston by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Galilee of the Gentiles verse 16. And the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. 
and those who sat in the region and the shadow of death, light has dawned. Verse 17, and from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. At that moment, the light has dawned. Those who were hiding in the shadow, just like Adam and Eve, those who were trying to cover themselves, hide themselves, protect themselves, just like putting sunscreen on, he says, now is the time that light has dawned. And then Jesus preaches, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And repent means so many different words and ways throughout churches all over the world. Repent now, we think of we have to have this altar and you've got to come down here and repent and cry and wail and we've got to call out all the sins, we've got to, we've got to do all of these things, but repent, we have heard this before. This word repent that Jesus is speaking of is metanoia. It means to change one's mind. It means to change one's mind for better heartily to amend with a abhorrence of one's past sins. Jesus is showing up and telling the Jews at this time to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He's not telling them to come to the altar and repent of their sins. He's telling them to change their mind because what he's about to bring, the message that he is bringing, is going to change what they've been listening to. If you read in the scriptures of the Gospels, what he says, it says they were astonished at what he was speaking, that he spoke with an authority that nobody else was speaking about. The things that he was saying, the things that he was challenging the Jews and the religious leaders to do was literally blowing their mind. And he's saying at the very beginning, repent and change your mind with what I'm about to say for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's why we know in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You want to stop sinning? Change your mind. You want to stop dealing with the same things that you've been dealing with over and over and over again? It's time to change your mind. By repenting of saying, I thought this way for so long and so long I'm not going to think that way anymore. I, saw, I thought so lowly of myself. I thought so insecure of myself. I thought all of these things. No, I'm going to repent of how I see myself, and I'm going to change my mind and look at what God sees me as. Because for too long, the body of Christ has seen Jesus, has gone out there and gotten saved, but somehow we still cover ourselves, we still hide ourselves, we still protect ourselves from the one who has saved us and restored us. That we don't want to give everything we have to him because we think that he'll be disappointed in who we are. We think that I can hide this, I can push this to the side, I won't talk to God about this, I won't speak to him about this, I'll keep this tucked away in my heart, and in order to be sunburned, we've got to not put on any of the long sleeve clothes, any of the sunscreen, and we've got to stand exposed before the Lord because he's the son of righteousness. 
with healing in his wings. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, and I'm finishing. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And how do we do this? How do we lay aside every weight? How do we lay aside every sin? The author of Hebrews, you make that sound so easy. Something that I've been struggling with, something that I've been dealing with, something that happened to me when I was a kid that I'm trying to get over, but now I'm an adult and it's affecting my relationships with my kids and with my family. Financial issues. How can I do this? How can I just lay aside? You make it sound so easy. How do I run with endurance? Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus. Positioning yourself in front of Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Despising the shame. Despising the shame. He took on all the shame. And it sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He took on what Adam and Eve were experiencing in the garden. He was on the cross naked. He was on the cross trying to cover and hide himself, fully exposed, fully shameful, just like Adam and Eve. He took on that shame so that we can now walk boldly into his throne room, completely uncovered and say, God, this is who I am. This is what I'm struggling with. God, I need your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness, your help. I don't want to think the same way that I've been thinking. Do the same thing that I've been doing. You might have heard this analogy before. But if, you've ever, if you're ever in the jungle and you need to capture a monkey... They say the easiest way to catch a monkey is to dig a hole or get some type of jar, put a banana or some type of food in the jar or the hole, but the food is too big for the monkey to pull out of the hole. So when the monkey smells the food, he'll go to the hole and he'll put his hand in that hole and he'll grab a hold of the banana and he'll try and pull his hand with the food out of the hole, but he'll never let go of that food. And the hunter, if you want to catch a monkey, you just walk up to the monkey, hit him on the head, take said monkey, you've caught the monkey. Because he'll never let go of that treat, because he's so focused on wanting it. All he has to do is let go of it, and he can run away to freedom before the hunter ever gets to him. But because he's so focused on this one thing, he misses the opportunity to be completely free. So many people in the body of Christ, and maybe even here today, or those watching online, something has happened in your life. Some type of sin, some type of failure, some type of disappointment, and you're just holding on to it. And you've let the enemy come into your life. And beat you over the head. When all you have to do is let go of it. And experience the freedom of Christ. To not be ensnared by sin or by anything. Just looking unto Jesus. 
Today is the day to let that thing go. To let it go. No more, no longer dealing with it. To let it go and to be free. To expose yourself in front of God. Nothing hidden. To say, this is who I am. This is what's going on in my life. And let Him, let the Son touch you and change you. And as we finish, I just want to read this simple blessing over you. Numbers chapter 6, verses 24, 25, and 26. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. It's time for us to experience a sunburn, to make time in our lives to position ourselves, to find a way to position ourselves in front of Christ. Because no, when you come here, when you come to church, he's going to position himself in front of you. And when you have that encounter with him, we don't hold anything back. We don't cover ourselves. We don't hide ourselves. God, this is who I am. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I need help with. This is what I need today. And watch him show up and bless you like you've never been blessed before. Watch him free you up today. Watch him touch you and help you overcome whatever's going on in your life. Let's stand up today as we get ready to head out. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for sending your son. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to experience him. Father, we choose today to make time to position ourselves in front of you, Jesus. Whether it's coming to church, whether it's spending time with you throughout the week, and even when we come to church, we come with an expectation for you to position yourself in front of us. Because we know and we see throughout the scriptures that when we as humans put ourselves in a position in front of you or you position yourself in front of us, something happens to us. We're forever changed. We're forever blessed. We're forever healed. We're forever saved. We're forever in love with seeing you and experiencing you. And Father, we choose to not hide anymore to expose ourselves, to, to remove the clothing, to remove everything and come before you because we know when we come before you and we say, this is who I am, this is what I'm dealing with, this is what I need help with, that it says you're an ever-present help in our time of need. Father, I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Father, I thank you that God is on our side. We choose today to not fear. What can any man do to us? We thank you that we are the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. We're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Father, everything we put our hands to must prosper in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that by Jesus' stripes, we are already healed. Father, I thank you for this town and this community and this congregation, Father. I thank you that we are growing. I thank you that this town and this community, this church, this area is healthy, that there's life here, that there's restoration here, that these people here 
are being drawn to you. And we position ourselves in this town, in this community, and in this church to have a move of God like we've never seen before. Father, I ask you right now to bless your people and keep your people. Cause your face to shine upon your people and give us peace. Protect us and bring us back safely next week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.